Hey, it's good to be with you. Speaking of being with you, May 16th, that's when we're going to be relaunching in-person worship here at 700 Cooper Road in Voorhees Hope Church. Cannot wait, can't wait to get people back in the room to see you again, to feel that energy, to feel that spirit uh, here in this place. And uh, so for all of the details, you can check it out on our website, meethope.org slash Sunday uh, for all the information. And I am really jazzed about this happening. Hey, so as uh, we begin this, this, this message today, um, I want to go back to where we left off last week. So if you remember, we were with Peter at the Sea of Galilee. Jesus had been crucified. He was resurrected, but Peter hadn't seen Jesus yet. And um, so he has gone back to his former life, back to his business as a, uh, he had a kind of a seafood business uh, as what I would describe it as. And, uh, but he is a shattered guy. He is wrestling with what happened. How did it go so wrong? Was Jesus really the Messiah? And if he was, what happened? It wasn't the Messiah that he had expected. It wasn't the one that he had always been taught about. And so he's wrestling with these, with these doubts, with these questions, and also I'm sure wondering who can I trust? The people that he had been spending time with over the last three years had scattered. He certainly couldn't trust himself. And the one person he trusted completely was now dead. And so Peter is filled with self-doubt and this was a guy who was immensely confident throughout his, throughout his life. And he must have been questioning everything at this point. Questioning himself, questioning his faith, questioning God. I picture him there in this very familiar place, the place where he probably grew up, Certainly his whole adult life there at the Sea of Galilee, very familiar place, doing something that felt very familiar, fishing. And yet, he was different. He wasn't that same guy anymore. How do you go from fishing for people back to fishing for pike? I mean, he had been on this three-year adventure following Jesus, watching and listening as Jesus taught, seeing the miracles that Jesus did, spending those private moments with Jesus when there was no crowd around and it was just Peter and maybe the other disciples. And so even though he was back someplace familiar, everything was different because he had changed. How about you? Have you ever gone through times of doubting your faith? Times where you weren't really sure what you believed or why you believed it. 
You know, doubts come at us from a lot of different angles. Sometimes we have doubts because of um, our intellect, things that we believe as followers of Christ that we're struggling with to understand intellectually. And so we have those kinds of questions and those kinds of doubts that come at us. Sometimes it has to do with more existential questions, those big, uh, overwhelming things in life. Why are there wars? Why is there disease? Why is there suffering and poverty? You know, these kind of existential things that as we see them, they may raise doubt in our minds about our faith. And sometimes our doubts have to do with personal things that are going on in our lives. Maybe you're going through a difficult time in your marriage, challenges raising your kids. Maybe it's financial challenges or things at work or just wondering, is this it that raised doubts? So in this series, we're wrestling with the question of doubt. And so far, I think a couple of things that that we've said that I hope are sticking with you. And the first is that doubt is normal. Doubt is normal. Everybody has times of doubt, struggles with these kinds of questions when it comes to our faith. So it's normal. The other thing is that doubt is not the opposite of faith. It's not. Arrogance is the opposite of faith. Apathy is the opposite of faith. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. So, are we saying that doubt is good? And to that I would give a resounding, it depends. <laughs> it depends on what we're talking about. In the New Testament, there are two different Greek words that get translated into English as doubt. The first word is diacri, diacrino, diacrino. And that word we find in um, a couple of places, but one I wanna read to you is from the book of James. It's the first chapter uh, from the book of James and I uh, wanna just read a few verses, six through eight, it says this. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed in the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Not exactly a ringing endorsement for doubt, right? So. This, uh, James is saying, look, if, if you doubt, right, you're like a wave, you're tossed all over the place and you shouldn't expect anything from God, that's not exactly what we're hoping for, right? Diacrino, diacrino literally means to withdraw or to separate with a hostile spirit, to withdraw or to separate with a hostile spirit. It, it sounds like a divorce, right? Two people who were once close, in a close intimate relationship are now separating 
and withdrawing from each other with a hostile spirit. That's a kind of doubt. But that's only one word. And, and that kind of doubt, that diacronino, reminds me of Judas. Judas, Jesus' disciple who betrayed him ultimately. Judas believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but as Jesus was living out his mission, Judas became more and more confused, more and more doubtful that Jesus was in fact the Messiah because he had a very different understanding of what the Messiah was to be. And so that doubt turned into a withdrawal, a separation, a hostility. The other Greek word is distadzo, distadzo. And this word literally means to waver, to waver. This is the word that Jesus used when Peter was walking on the water. So that story of Peter getting out of the boat and walking on water, and then he has this fear that overcomes him, and he begins to sink, and Jesus uh, comes over and rescues him, and as they're walking back to the boat, Jesus asks them the question, you of little faith, why did you distadzo? Why did you waver? And as Pastor Heather talked about that a couple of weeks ago, she said, you know, this isn't Jesus chastising or scolding Peter. This is a teachable moment. He's asking the question, you were doing so well, Peter. Why did you distadzo? Why did you waver? To waver is to question, to be confused, frustrated, even to the extreme. I mentioned last week that I'm in a small group with a group of guys, and we're studying uh, the book of Job. For those of you who may not know the book of Job, Job is the man who is considered to be righteous. He's a righteous guy in God's eyes. He is also a man of great affluence. He has a large family who he loves. He is a man of, of great standing in the community, a robust guy. And in very short order, he loses it all. His adult children are uh, killed, his wealth is taken from him, and his health fails him. And his wife, surveying the wreckage of Job's life, says to him, you should curse God and die. That's Job's wife doing the kind of doubt that we're not supposed to do, the diacrino. My Greek isn't very good, diacrino. It's that withdrawing with a hostile spirit. Job refuses to do that. Job struggles with his faith. He's struggling with God. He voices his confusion, his frustration, his anger, but he never walks away from God. And at the end of the story, 
God reveals himself to Job and, and restores him in a profound way. So, is doubt good? To waver, to, dis, to distazzo, is a normal part of our faith. And it can be good. Because when we are struggling and we're doing so in faith, it's an opportunity for us to deepen our faith. It's an opportunity to mature in our faith and to grow in our understanding. That kind of doubt can be a healthy thing. So I wanna go back now, back to Peter. He's back in his old job, filled with guilt and shame and confusion and doubts. It reminds me, as I read that part of the story from the Gospel of John, it reminds me of something that I read in a book years ago. The book was called uh, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And Eldridge says that deep in the heart of every man is this fear that when the challenge comes, he won't have what it takes. And I think that's what Peter must have been feeling because of his denial of Jesus. And so here he is, he's racked with doubt, seeing only his failures. All he sees is his doubt. All he sees is his failure. All he sees is his denial. But what he forgot, what Peter forgot, was who he was. He forgot the rest of his life, the rest of his story, the rest of his faith. All of that, I think, was forgotten in those days after the crucifixion. He forgot that Jesus approached him three years ago and said, follow me, Simon, and he did. He forgot that he was the first human being to say out loud that Jesus was the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Simon, you didn't come up with that on your own. God revealed that to you. You spoke those words that were revealed to you by God. He forgot that. You know, Peter did a lot and said a lot of dumb stuff in his life. But what he forgot is that Jesus never once rejected him, never went, once walked away because of the dumb stuff that he said or that he did. Even at his greatest moment, Peter's greatest moment, I think, when he walked on water, I mean, really, he's a fisherman. He's a guy who's familiar with the sea. I think he knew pretty well that human beings don't walk on water. But he stepped out of that boat in faith. Even that pinnacle moment, he wavered. But Jesus didn't scold him, reject him, he used him 
Here's the thing that Peter is about to learn that I hope will be your takeaway for today. And this is how I would describe it. Doubt doesn't disqualify. Doubt doesn't disqualify. All of the great examples of faith throughout Scripture were men and women who had times of doubt. Moses doubted, and God used him. Jeremiah, the prophet, doubted, and God used him. David doubted a bunch of times, and God used him. Mary doubted, and God used him. John the Baptist doubted, and God used him. All doubted. None of them separated from God in a hostile kind of way. Even in the face of their doubts, they remained faithful. And God used them. I want that to be our understanding as well. Doubt doesn't disqualify. So wherever you are, wherever you're seated right now, I want you to say those words out loud. I know some of you aren't going to do that, right? Because maybe you're in the grocery store listening to this or maybe you're sitting on your couch and you're just not an out loud kind of person. Say it internally if you can't say it out loud. Say it in your spirit. Doubt doesn't disqualify. Doubt doesn't disqualify. God can and God will and God has used you as you remain faithful. So as we saw last week, when Jesus came to the Sea of Galilee that day and stood at the shoreline, Peter, out in his boat fishing, sees Jesus and does a classic Peter move. He throws on his coat, that makes no sense, he dives headfirst into the water and swims to the shore. He is overjoyed. He is thrilled. All of the doubts that he had melted away. He is the Messiah. He's a different Messiah than I thought, but he is the Messiah. It's a different purpose. It's not about liberating Israel from Rome. It's about liberating humanity from the grip of sin. I get it now. I understand who he is. I understand now why he had to go through all, all he went through. I understand why he died a death on a cross. I get it. I get it. All that doubt disappeared. All that doubt except for this one. I don't think he can use me anymore. How could he trust me? How could he use someone like me? A doubter, a denier, how could he use me to do the work of the kingdom? And so as Peter stood before Jesus soaking wet, overjoyed and yet still feeling the pangs of shame and guilt and self-doubt. What did Jesus do? Did he scold him, reject him, 
he asked him a question that he repeated three times. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know I love you. He, Stadzo, he had questions, he wavered, but he still loved Jesus. Oh, well then, feed my sheep. Hey, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Oh, well, feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. There's nothing hidden from you. You know that I love you. Oh, good. Then feed my sheep. Doubt doesn't disqualify. So today you may be struggling with your own doubts. They may be intellectual doubts about your faith in Jesus. They may be existential, the big questions that have you struggling. Or maybe there's personal stuff going on in your life right now that has you struggling with your faith. And there are two things I want you to take away this morning. One is that that is normal to have that kind of wavering as you wrestle with it. It's an opportunity for you to grow deeper in your faith. Next week, we're gonna talk some about uh, some practical ways to deal with times of doubt. But know that it's an opportunity for your faith to mature and to deepen. And the second thing is that your doubt doesn't disqualify you. That the Lord still loves you, the Lord is still with you, and the, and the Lord is still going to be using you in a powerful way as you place your trust squarely in him.